You're listening to Portfolio Builders, a wealth cap holdings podcast about long-term wealth building and financial independence. Here are your hosts, Chris Evans and Taylor Welch. Welcome, everybody. Um, today, we are going to be interviewing Alaric on this week's podcast episode for Ask the Investor Live. Say hey to everybody, Alaric. How's it going? Great to see everybody, or I can't see you guys on here, but I imagine there's, there's a lot of great people on there. I, I remember seeing the the people who said that they were going to the, uh, the the live event, so or the the event here. So it's awesome. Well, I'm super excited to have you on and talk about uh, you know some of the deals that we've done and what your plans are for the future. Um, and for those that are that are tuning in who don't know who you are and and what you do, why don't you share a little bit about like your professional background and how you found how you came to WealthCap? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, what I do is I help you know businesses, especially you know coaches, consultants, course creators, leverage YouTube ads to get consistent leads and sales. So we have you know a YouTube ads program, kind of hands on, working with people to help set that up. Uh, you know, people who are getting squeezed by Facebook uh, to go over to the promised land with uh, with YouTube ads. And, um, you know, it's, it's incredible. I've been building that up uh, for a long time here. Actually, I've been, you know, a client of Traffic and Funnels, which I know a lot of people here in WealthCap are familiar with, you know, Traffic and Funnels. They've been clients themselves, or at least they're aware of it. Um, I've actually been a client of Traffic and Funnels since uh, 2016, believe it or not. So, you know, very long time. Uh, you know, actually, it's kind of funny. I remember uh, I was talking with, with Chris and Taylor at an event recently, and they, they told me that I was, you know, the longest standing client, uh, you know, still with them, which is awesome. And so I've just wow. been a big, you know, fan and learning through, uh, you know, Chris and Taylor for a long time. And it's just been amazing that they have pivoted and, and you know, moved over to helping to build wealth. And that's something that I'm looking to do now because, you know, obviously I've, I've got a business that I've, I've really scaled. Uh, last month, um, we had a record breaking. We did uh, $685,000 in sales and revenue. And wow. I need a place to, uh, to put some, and obviously that's not all profit, right? But because we're, we're growing, but, you know, obviously there's a healthy profit there and I need a place to, to put some of that so that I can set myself up long-term. And so it just makes so much sense to be a part of, you know, wealth cap. And, um, you know, obviously I, I kind of dipped my toes into the fund originally. And then, then I saw the investment properties and that's what really gets me excited because, you know, building up my portfolio and, uh, I've already, and I'm, I'm probably skipping your questions, but, you know, I've already, I've already bought two properties, which I'm excited. I'm happy to dive into. And then I'm actually in the process of buying the third and, you know, honestly, probably will be, you know, fourth, fifth very soon. So, uh, I'm excited. I'm happy to share my experiences. And it's just been incredible, you know, obviously working with you, uh, Devin, uh, everybody else, you know, kind of behind the scenes. And uh, it's just been such a great experience uh, with WealthCap. So, Alaric, do you, do you have any uh, real estate experience before you, you found out about WealthCap? Did you, have you ever done anything in real estate before? No, I had not done anything with real estate. I was very much a, you know, stocks kind of investor. Um, I've always been investing though, um, but in stocks and actually in, in index funds. And one thing I really like about, about real estate, especially the diversified approach that we take here 
is it has a good approach, kind of like index funds that's growth oriented, but while mitigating risk. Um, and so, you know, prior to this, I always had that investing mindset, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I've bought some things for myself, of course, right, but uh, also making sure that I, you know, put money aside and I invest it, not just leave it in cash. And so, you know, prior to this maxing out, you know, SEP IRAs, even individual, you know, investment accounts and, um, you know, buying index funds, kind of, kind of following the, the Jack Bogle strategy. But I think that when I started to see, you know, real estate and how you can essentially, and I'm excited because I feel like I'm taking a marketing perspective to some of the stuff that, that you guys just know with real estate. So, you know, there's a way to quadruple dip on your investments with real estate, at least from my understanding. And I'm happy to kind of talk about like what really was that eye-opening moment for me when I saw just how valuable uh, real estate investing was. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to hear like what what was it that made you want to go ahead and, and start investing? What was most appealing to yeah. you? So I think, it, so it was really it was really putting all the pieces together and seeing all the different ways that you make money through real estate. So if you are investing in stocks or you're investing in something like that, right? There's basically what we're, there's technically two ways, right? The appreciation of the stock and the dividends that you're making money. There's four different ways that I've seen. And there's actually other ancillary ones too, but there's four big ones that you're making money with, um, with real estate. And they're all compounding into each other, which is incredible, especially with these single family homes. And so the first is obviously the cash on cash, right? Which is a huge emphasis that you guys have, which is really exciting. So you have your mortgage rent and insurance and property management fees, and then you have what the tenant is paying you in rent. And what the tenant is paying you in rent is more than all of the taxes and fees and, and, and mortgage. And so that's the first one, that's cash on cash. But a lot of people just look at that, right? But there's more under the surface and it just really stacks. And that's what I want to talk about the, the four ways that, you know, and this is, I'm a marketer at heart, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to market I had to market it almost to myself. And then I fully bought in. I'm like, all right, this is, this is a great way to, to grow wealth because, you know, you have that first, first component, which is cash on cash. So it might be 300, it might be $400 a month. I think I have one that's three, around 300 and one that's around $400 a month cash on cash. And that's like, after all the expenses and the tenants paying me, I'm making that on top of everything. But then the second thing is you have equity debt pay down from those, uh, those tenants who are paying for you to own the house. So every month when you're paying your mortgage, you're paying the interest, but you're also paying the equity debt pay down, which is basically the amount that um, you're owning more of the house. So you're not just making that $300 or $400, you're now owning maybe $100 or $200 more of the house, right? Let's say it's a $600 mortgage, maybe $100 or $200 of that is, is the house. And I think it, it scales over time. I don't even fully get it, but I know that that's kind of around <laughs> where it works, right? And uh, Devin, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you know, I'm providing- No, you're, you're absolutely right. And what I want is I want yeah. the, everybody that's watching to get the experience from you. you yeah. Know, they, can, they can talk to me all day long. Exactly. Um, exactly. So it was the numbers that really convinced you, you yes. know, seeing all the multiple different ways that you could basically make money on your money yeah. or have tax advantages, yeah. you know, which is saving the money that you're, that you're and, making. And, well, that's where I was going to, that's where I was going to go too. So, you know, cause I've been breaking this down to people. And I think the thing like for somebody like me, who, who, who's a marketer, 
And obviously a lot of us are marketers or business owners and we, we understand the marketing language. Like I didn't understand real estate. So when I was hearing these things, I had to put it in a language that I understood. And so I'm hoping this helps people who are watching now is if you distill it into, wow, you're making money for, or five. Actually, I think there's, there's a, there's a fifth way. So, you know, the one that I wasn't even really thinking about as much here was um, obviously the taxes as well. You get tax savings based off of the interest. So that's, that's you know, another, another component. So that's like a third component, right? So mm-hmm. the, the interest payments that you're, you're making, you get to write off a certain percentage of it on your taxes. So now you have a lower tax liability. So you're making cash on cash, your tenants paying for you to own the property. And over 30 years, you will own the property. And you also have taxes that you're saving and the property is appreciating. So this property you buy for $120,000 now, now the market's always going to go like this, but where it starts and ends is going to be, is going to be higher. If you believe in an America and the growth of America, which I strongly do. And I feel like, you know, that's the same thing with stocks with index funds. You know, you can't lose unless the whole economy loses and you have bigger problems in your individual account. It's the same thing with rental properties, right? Or, or properties. They're going to ultimately, if you diversify, go up over time. And so that $120,000 property might be worth $250,000 or, or more, but let's just say conservatively, $250,000. So now you've actually gained more, but your mortgage does not go up. So that's right. the fourth way. And then the fifth way, and the one that I was leaving out before is the taxes, but, but the fifth way, so there's now actually five ways, is you can also raise your rent as time goes on and as your property becomes more valuable, but your mortgage stays the same. And yeah. so if you're making cash on cash, you're having a tenant pay for, for the property, you are you know, getting tax savings, the property is appreciating in value. So your net worth is going up just by the fact that there's a limited finite number of houses. And it is important to diversify because you don't want something to happen where like one market you know, crashes or whatever. But if you're diversified, and, and that's what I love about the strategy here. And then the final thing is um, you know, you're also able to increase rent. There's no rule that you have to keep the rent just because your mortgage is staying the same. And so that cash on cash can go up in the future. And so when I just looked at all of the different ways, and yes, there are a couple, and we're going to dive into everything too. I'm not just blinded by this side of it. You know, there's, there's obviously risk elements as well, but, you know, and, and we'll talk about that because there was a deal that didn't work out, it didn't appraise, and there was, you know, some different things. And I, I think you actually teased that in your post. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at the five different ways you can make money, um, the pros really outweigh any of any of the risks uh, when you diversify. And that's one one thing that I've done that's unique because I talked to a couple other people that are investing all in one spot um, with 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 WellCap, which obviously everybody has their own strategy because there is one area like I think Missouri that has ridiculous cash on cash, which is which is great. Um, but I've kind of diversified in a couple different areas just to just to mitigate that risk a little bit more. And so um, I'm excited to dive in. But those are the the five ways that you make money on it. And honestly, feel free to, I don't know, turn that into like some kind of marketing material or something. <laughs> turn that into like it. Uh, yeah. yeah. You do turn like it a, into a two-step. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> five, five ways you make money with these investment properties. Because I, I've explained it that way to people who are skeptical of me saying I'm investing in, in real estate. And they're like, then I had them going like, wait, 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 how, wh- what's this group? You know, what's, yeah. the, what's the name of this group? And, you know, pointing it towards it. So um, one thing that you didn't, mentioned was actually depreciation. So with an income property, you get to take depreciation versus a house that you, that you live in, you don't get to depreciate on your taxes. So that's another, you know, it's another benefit in the, uh, with the, the tax strategy. Oh, awesome. I see, I don't even know all the details. I just know I'm saving money. (laughs) You don't need to know. Uh, So since this was 
your your first house you purchased in was that February? I think. Yeah, it was February. It was February. February. It was right after right after my birthday. I, I I was out there. I was literally out there. I think it was the day after my birthday, and I signed the signed the paper. Thank yeah. You. So let's talk everybody through what the process was like to get approved for the mortgage. What was that like for you? Yeah. Um, so it was it was very simple. It was you know a step by step process. I had to submit you know different paperwork. I, well, it's been simple the couple times I've done it since then. Actually, so the first time it was it was you know putting paperwork Painful. together. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was a little bit. So actually, it's kind of like I'm clouded by 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 forgetting. But but. It, it wasn't, it wasn't even that much. Like it's just putting together, you know, certain, certain documents and taxes. And if you have an accountant anyways, they can help you compile all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you, once you submit all of that once, it's been really simple since then. So it just, just to, I don't want to sugarcoat like the first time was kind of like, it did take a, it did take some time, but um, you know what I did, well, it's harder now with the coffee shop. Well, I don't know where I am in Boston. I mean, but but um, but with coffee shops now. But back then, back in February, when times were simpler, just go to a coffee shop and just you know figure figure all your stuff out. And I guess use a VPN so people don't steal your info. But anyways, just you know find everything and and uh, and that's what I did. You know, getting everything all set. Um, it took you know a few hours to compile, and then you know getting approved for that, and also seeing the fact that I could get additional mortgages as well was was exciting. You know, for different properties. And uh, yeah, so that was a pretty simple, simple process. Cool. So once we had you approved, um, I think at that time, our inventory was, we, we had a couple houses to choose from. Do you remember what it was that stood, like really stood out about the house that you picked, which was adorable, by the way. Yeah. Um, the Angelique house, the one that you got first, it was a cute, cute Victorian home, um, great little suburb. What was it about that house that stuck out to you? Was it the numbers or something so that's else? The, that's the thing. I, so I came for the numbers, but, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I said like, but, but I stuck around because, you know, Devin, you know, is saying of like, these are, these are cute houses. You sell cute houses, which is kind of funny, but it's, it's true. It's like, you know, I think that there's houses that have technically on paper, better numbers, but they aren't as, you know, they don't, they don't have that visual appeal. Um, but then of course I don't want the ones that look the best, but then the numbers are really bad or, or, you know, or if you're buying like a really expensive property, like if I was to buy around Boston, everything is going to be like, you know, three, four times as much as what I'm buying over there in Missouri. So it's one of those things where I wanted to find the intersection of a house that actually looks like if I saw this on a listing, this is the type of, and I was in shopping in this price range. That's the type of, of house. I'd be like, that has an edge over the other ones. And the numbers are are good just based on the market, the location, um, what you guys think that they can charge for rent, which is which has been accurate each time, which is awesome. Um, and uh, I think we exceeded that on the first one too, which was great. And I think it is that edge of having a house that looks good. It's not going to make or break it necessarily, but mm-hmm. for me, I'll instead of having a slightly better numbers. Now I want the numbers to be great, but instead of having a slightly better numbers, I'd rather have a huge increase in like the way the visual appeal. Um, to make up maybe a small amount of numbers. And I think that that's, that's kind of my hedge for me because I know that like if people are comparing different houses, that could be the thing that pushes them over the edge to actually stay in that house. Gotcha. So with that first one, Angelique, um, we did get it rented above our projection, yes. which was quite nice. Do you, do you recall what was our original projection? Do you remember? So projected, I think 1150. Okay. And, and we, um, 
and we got 1240 because there was also a, a pet fee. So I think it was 1200 and then $40 a month with like a pet fee. So which is 1240 awesome. which is awesome. Yeah, that's great. I mean, we try to, when, we, when we're putting a pro forma together, we want to see what is like the downside, what is kind of like the worst case scenario on the rent. Um, so that investors like you, you can make a decision thinking, okay, if I got the lower end of the rent range, do I feel comfortable with this investment? And if that's a yes, then go for it. And then if we can get more awesome, that's just, you know, like the frosting on your cupcake. Um, so now let's talk about the second deal that didn't work out and what happened there. Yeah. 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 So you want me to just kind of go yeah in? go for it yeah, yeah so, so there was another there was another property and actually this is also why I now with the with the the first I stuck with I went back to what I what I was doing with the first property and then my second and third that I actually bought so or technically the third and fourth that I was looking at um, but those are the three that I bought this is the second one that I did not buy that, that the deal didn't happen um, and this one was well I was looking at more of the the dollar amount and. Um, and this also might not be the only lesson either, but it, it didn't look great. Like, I don't know, but it was a duplex. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting because, you know, basically for around the same, like, you know, cost and mortgage of like the one that I'm getting 1240 on, I could theoretically, if I filled both spots in the duplex, I could get like 1600 off of, so I could have a cash on cash of like, instead of say $400, you know, I could, or 450 or whatever that first one was, I could have a cash on cash of like $600, $700, but I did know that there's some risk with having two tenants. So you might not have them both at the same time or whatever. And then the other thing is I was also kind of compromising or I didn't have built in like, oh, I also want the house to look nice as well. Cause it, it wasn't like the necessarily the nicest looking house, which again, doesn't really matter as much um, for everybody. But for me, that was kind of where I was going into. So anyways, so um, we went down the process. Um, I was I was still pretty excited about it. And it was also in the same lo- same location as Missouri, so I also didn't that didn't wasn't going to diversify at that point. And um, what happened is, you know, we go through everything, we get approved for the mortgage, and then the appraisal comes through, and then the appraisal uh, comes in way under what it was. Now I think that we talked about this, and and you said that you think the appraiser is just kind of crazy, um, but I just didn't feel completely comfortable doing a deal where you know, I don't know how much you want me to get into this or whatever, but I think you guys handle it like incredibly well. Like I really like appreciate everything. And this, I think people need to know, and this is why you're bringing it up too. Like, you know, yeah, which yeah. I like is, I, you know. Oh, go exactly. Oh, yeah. I just, I want people to know exactly what, what transpired. Um, and not everything goes a hundred percent according to plan, like ever in any industry, in any business. And this was one of those scenarios, you know? Um, And I remember even before we got to the point where the appraisal came back low, you and I were talking on the phone one day or something, and you had mentioned that like you were excited about it, but you were also like, you were still, you were a little hesitant. So when the appraisal came back lower, and I called you to tell you about it. And I was like, hey, if you want to just cancel this one, that's that's no big deal. Yeah. You know? Which I really, really appreciate. The other thing too is I think before the appraisal came back too, 
I went on, and now I do this more with each one, but I went on Google Street View and I think I spun around and then it kind of looked like there was like a weird house like across the street. And it was just, and, and again, I'm sure that the property is going to do well and stuff like that. But I just love the fact that you guys were, you know, understood. And, and, and by the way, if the appraisal had come through, then I was going to be like, all right, let's go. Let's just see. Because I see it as a learning lesson too. It's like what, what's going to happen with, you know, these different properties and you have you guys, you know, helping us each step of the way. And you were assured, like, you know, you were like, don't worry, this is, you know, it's going to work. And so that was where I was going in. But then when the other thing kind of happened with the appraisal, so I, I think I was going to buy it for 120 and it came mm -hmm. in at 70. And I actually said like, well, if you're going to say, you know, I understand it's crazy, but yeah, obviously you guys couldn't sell it for 70. Um, yeah. And and, um, and I wasn't going to force you guys to do that either. So we just said, hey, just mutually, just as if you had like a, if you're in the business world, if you get on a sale, a, you know, sales call and it's just not a good fit. Um, it's just better just to mutually say it's not a good fit. And then you guys probably found another buyer that probably was somewhere in the middle of those, those numbers, I think was what you were telling me. And, you know, and, and, and that was kind of that, but then I'm able to, and I, I feel like I'm really taken care of well, and other people can hear that too. And then, you know, I go on to buy another property, another one that, that do appraise at the, at the right rate and work well. And then also I learn something new. I learn that I'm going to go on Google street view and kind of get a, a view, a lay of the land in addition to looking at the papers, right? Just because I know what I feel comfortable with. It's not anything with you guys as well. Like I know that it's probably fine too, but I just kind of want to look around and just see, okay, what's this street? You know, if I can't go there in person, like what does the street look like? And then the other thing is I want to, you know, I decided to also buy in another, in another area. So actually I bought a, a property in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, instead of another one in Missouri. So I'm like, hey, I want to diversify. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get a property that looked nicer. So both of the other properties, like the first one, you know, I might take a slightly less cash on cash, um, but it's not even that much less for a huge difference in terms of the way that it looks. Yeah. And that's, that's what you want to do. And that's awesome. And that's my strategy. It's different for yeah. other people. I talked to Eli is a good friend of mine as well. And he is cash and cash on cash all day, or at least for my conversations. He might even be watching this. I can't see yeah. the Facebook. Facebook chat, but, um, you know, Eli's awesome. And I remember we were chatting in messenger. We just have different strategies. His strategy is he's like, I'll buy ugly houses with the best cash on cash all day. I, I think that, I mean, I don't want to put words in his mouth or whatever, but that's, <laughs> that's what, what we were talking about. That's so. pretty much what he says is show, yeah. show me the numbers, yes. you know, and then the, the pictures come, come later. Um, and so the house, the, the duplex that we canceled the contract on, um, yeah, we had a cash buyer that came along, you know, right away and told him exactly what, what happened with the appraisal. And, uh, for a cash buyer, like they don't care because they're going to buy it in cash. And all they want to know is what's it going to rent for, you know, which is a, a totally yep. different mindset. And then, you know, they'll probably do a totally different kind of financing down the road. Um, once the property has been rented for about six months, so totally different animal. Um, and that guy's, you know, super happy too. So it was, it was a total win-win. That's awesome. Um, so the house in Charlotte that, that you purchased was, which one was that? Gray street. Yes. Um, that was an adorable, an adorable house with a metal roof. And, um, we got it rented. I think it was maybe a week or two after closing. Does that I, sound I about right? It was, it was, I think it was a little more than two weeks. I think it was like okay. two and a half weeks. Um, but that was also, this was cause the, the first one was like kind of, we beat all the, 
the stuff, you know, like going on. And, and I was kind of worried even with the second one, I was just like, all right, what's, what's, what's exactly going to happen? Now I know you guys were like, all right, things are going to be, be great. And I trust, I fully trusted that too. Um, and, and honestly, like basically it just, you know, it happened exactly as I would want it to happen. You know, the first, first one I got spoiled and I think we got a, a tenant in like three days, which, yeah. which is, is crazy. Um, with this one, um, it took, I think two and a half weeks. Um, and, uh, and then, but then I think it was, and then, and then they, they just moved in on the first. So like a week ago and that all went great, you know, without a hitch and everything, which is awesome. And, um, but basically it, it, it took a little bit longer, but even then we build, I think built into the numbers is one month or something like that. I'm not mm -hmm. sure. And, um, or at least that's what like, you know, it, and, and the other thing is if we can rent in two and a half weeks with stuff going on in the world right now, if this is like, if we're already in, you know, well, I don't want to say worst case because I don't want any issue <laughs> anything, but like, if we're already in something like what's going on right now and, and knock on wood, hopefully everything, you know, continues to be on the uptrend and, and get better or whatever. But, you know, if, if two and a half weeks is, is this, you know, this negative scenario, then like, it's, it's, it's interesting to learn that. Right. And to, to, to see, okay, well, you know, before this, it was three days, this is two and a half weeks. And then it came in right in the middle of the rent range. So we had to reduce it a little bit from what our high, because we always ask for the high end. It's kind of like negotiating. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not explaining this to you to, to the other people, I guess. Um, and so you had said 1,050 to uh, 1,150. The listing was 1,150. And after, I think it was like a week and a half, maybe up to that two weeks is when we're like, all right, let's let's knock it down so we can get it, get it rented. That's the priority here. And then we went down just to 1,095. And that's like $55 less. And then within, you know, a few days after that, it got rented and, uh, and then they moved in like a week later. So. Yeah. The market will tell, will tell you pretty quickly if you've like shot a little too high, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're, if you're, if you're getting crickets, if you're not getting any activity, then, then we know that we've kind of overshot the mark on the rent rate and we should, you know, shoot for a little bit lower in our range. Um, but again, that's why we, we make the assumption based on the lower end of the, of the rent range and assuming some vacancy while the place is getting rented. And, uh, if you like the numbers, then, you know, then if we can get, get more, that's awesome. It, it um, is crazy how much, oh, sorry, but it's crazy how much like just a small difference can make a, or small change can make a difference too. And I don't want to sound out of touch or anything like that with risk of, of being that, but like. I didn't know, and obviously, you know, because I've, I've, you know, built my business and, and et cetera, whatever, but I didn't know that a $55 difference would make that big of a difference for people, but it does, you know, when you're dealing with a lower uh, or middle, middle income or whatever housing, middle income, not, but like the middle income housing, you know, mm -hmm. middle class, like they, they want every dollar to count. And so a $55, you know, reduction, right, to do 1095 even that $5 off from the 1100 right, they do it below 1100 um, I think it, it, it was, I was scared and a little bit, well, not scared. I was a little bit nervous in the first couple of weeks, just being the first one that I closed on after, you know, the, the virus and all that stuff and, or whatever, yeah. I was a little nervous when there wasn't people applying, there wasn't really applications on the house. Right. It was, but then the minute that it was reduced, I think there was three applications that they were going through. And then, oh they, yeah. Like immediately. Crazy. It was immediate. immediately. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, that 1100 was kind of like the, the cutoff mark where, you know, it was too much. Um, so I got that one rented and then pretty much immediately 
we went under contract for number three, right? Yes. I said, yeah. I, was, I was basically like, all right, well, that was the magic word that this got rented or, you know, and let's, let's, let's go and let's do number three. And I kind of used what I had learned before. Now I am going to probably go back to another, uh, another location when I go for, for number four here. And, and it might be Missouri, honestly, because of the cash on cash is, it's just, you know, it's, it's too good to, to pass up here. But, you know, yeah. I, I went again with another, uh, a different market one in Alabama. And that's the one we're in the process of right now. So just, just submitted the, the mortgage and everything. And I think it's going to go get an appraisal. Uh, some things are like backed up, but that should be pretty soon, hopefully. And we'll get that. Yeah. And um, I did the same thing. I, I, I got the other market. And if, actually though, if you guys in time for number four, if, if, you know, I know you have some in Nashville, you feel you kind of are keeping those close to your chest or whatever. <laughs> if one of those kind of comes up, that might be, uh, might be one that, that I buy in, in, a, in a fourth market. But anyways, you know, so I bought in a third market in Alabama. And interestingly, that one seems like kind of a, a difference between like kind of a mix of cash on cash and, um, you know, property like appreciation. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so that's, it'll be interesting to see that one. And I just bought one. And again, it's the same thing. I looked, I looked, there was like five different houses and they were in a few different areas. I think a couple of them were in Alabama. Um, and I was looking at the numbers and then I was, then I was looking at the picture and I wanted the is. intersection. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just yeah. because I feel like I want to know what I'm, it's just my strategy. And then, and then, you know, I think the other thing too, is on the surface, like right now, like you know, Eli has better cash on cash numbers than I currently do, but I'm happy to, like, I'm just building my portfolio the way that I'm looking to, to build mm -hmm. it. And I think that it's what I'm comfortable with as well, because I know, I feel like I'm more insured against downside. If the house looks good, if there is truly in that area reduction, right. Which we haven't even seen right now, but if there was that, that, that would be like an edge that my, that the house would have. Right on. So not too long ago, you sent me a Facebook message and wanted to do some math to kind of figure yes. out your plan. So why don't you share with everybody, like, what is your plan with real estate investment? Um, what's the goal that you're trying to reach and how quickly are you trying, are you trying to get there? Yeah, absolutely. So in the next um, two and a half uh, years, so three years total of real estate investing, um, what I want to do, excuse me, is get to, is get to, uh, well, what my goal was, was, all right, let's get to $10,000 a month of cash on cash, just coming out. Uh, so, so $120,000 a year of cash on cash coming out of these rental properties. What do I need to do? Not even accounting for the appreciation, the tax breaks, all of these other awesome things that are happening behind the scenes. So these things right. are happening behind the scenes. What do I have to do to actually have the rental income be around 10,000? There's actually a reason for that too, is, you know, if, if we're looking at certain things like where, where I'm at, right. Um, you know, I obviously, so my, my business and it does really well, right. That's, that's where I'm like, I'm putting all my, my, you know, blood, sweat and tears into it. And I'm, I'm building it up. And, and I want to have these vehicles that I have just in the background that's bringing out money. I created, you know, uh, a YouTube channel before that I only spend, you know, it, it's less than a four hour work week. It's like a two hour work week, you know, like eight hours work month or whatever. And that it's almost exactly, you know, 10, $12,000 a month in mm -hmm. almost passive income for me 
for my YouTube channel, I make around 150, $160,000, you know, just from that, or, or like 150 in, in profit or whatever, it might be like 200. And like, and so you, you make a, a pretty good profit um, off of this thing that I've just had for over a decade. And, you know, I could live off of all of those things. Now, not that I want to, I want to, I want to have the finer things in life and stuff like that. But it's, it's just so awesome. I've been able to not worry about anything by having that passive income source. And I've been able to build my other businesses without worrying because I have something that's separate that's bringing in money. Well, I want to have the same thing for real estate, like a second backup. And actually something that, you know, because YouTube, even though this is passive, it's not necessarily forever passive. It, I can see a pretty long time horizon there or whatever. It's just recurring. And I have like some people that do it or whatever. It's, it's all automated, but it's more of an automated business. That's different. You know, it's not as passive as this is passive. If I can right. have another passive that is producing me like truly, truly passive $10,000 a month, that's not, I mean, I don't want to just live off of that. But that's the type of thing that I, I will feel great having it in the background. And obviously, I'm making a lot of money on my other businesses. So I don't want people to get the wrong picture that that's like I'm relying on that. Like, obviously, I need to invest it in that. But it's great to have money that just flows in. And mm -hmm. I've even talked with like other people who are like me have like a, a business that they work really hard in and they, they have a lot of money coming out. And it's funny when I'm talking to other people who are making hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, a month right, or whatever, and, and, and same with, with me, right, you know, we just did 685 and, and, and the other business, you know, in, in my main business, Ad Outreach, um, people are jealous of just the fact that I have something over here, my YouTube channel, that just spits out over 10 grand a month, and I don't do much with it, because I, I, I put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears originally into it, and now it's, it's, it's producing for me, it's a passive income source. Right. And so I want to produce the same thing, replicate that with real estate. And then also I'm, I'm planning long-term to have something similar to that with stocks. But the crazy thing is you can get there a lot faster with real estate than stocks because you, you're able to leverage debt with real estate, which you, which you could do with stocks, but it's more risky with stocks. Totally. So yeah. I'm, of course, I'm a believer in real estate, have yeah. been forever. I, you know, I openly admit I have no money in stocks. Um, and I well, don't plan to, you could, um, you do a retirement account. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I real estate. I understand I this, this, uh, well, not argument, but I had this conversation with Taylor. I do. I do. And I think it's important to have different, different opinions. Like, yeah, but here's the thing. I'm, I'm moving my active investing, my taxable investing over to real estate, but there's tax benefits you can get from a, from a tax free um, or tax deferred uh, investment account for for stocks that you're limited to a certain amount that you can't right. put over that. And right. so I, I do like if I'm being on like and obviously I want to be on here and be honest. I, I do encourage other entrepreneurs to maximize their tax saving benefits because if they do it for index funds, not betting it all on Tesla. And I love Tesla, but not betting it all. On, and I love Elon Musk, but not betting it all on him. Like if you do like total stock market index and you just, you know, basically have that, um, especially if you have a long time horizon, like I do, and, and maybe it's different if you're closer to, you know, when you want to retire, but um, you put those in a taxable, in a tax deductible account, but then the excess money, this is where I, my mind has been changed. And this is, you know, we'll, we'll disagree a little bit, like, especially if, if you're not doing tax, you go all in and there's just, that's, that's the thing. Like we, we can have different, you know, ideas. 
Um, but I have seen the light in terms of my actual taxable, um, you know, money that I have to invest. So with this, if you guys are familiar with the SEP IRA, you can only put in up to $55,000 a year. And I don't want to sound out of touches and like only, but like, you know what I mean? We're all entrepreneurs here. We know what's up. So $55,000 into a SEP IRA, you can't put any more in. But if you have hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest, I'm not really putting that money into, into the stock market as much anymore. I'm maximizing my tax deductible accounts. But I used to have these investment accounts, right, that, that, you know, that aren't tax advantaged. I'm now mm-hmm. taking the money that I would put over there and I'm putting it into real estate because I think that this is the best non-tax advantaged. And actually, honestly, it might be the best overall investment, but I'm hedging with, with tax advantaged um, uh, stocks. But t- total market index. Not, not picking and choosing stocks. I think that's the other problem too, is people pick and choose stocks and then they lose. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's total, total market. And then you just have that in the background, tax, like with tax deductions. And then over here, what you're actively investing in is properties. But I've seen the light, like, like with properties, it's, it's so much, so much quicker that you can accumulate this cash flow. Gotcha. So we do have a question from somebody watching. Um, She's saying, my husband and I would be first-time buyers for an investment property. We know we need to look at the return figures, but how much emphasis would you put on our net operating income in regard to a house that has a better NOI? So this couple, um, they are their situation is like the total opposite of you. So I'm curious what feedback you would have. Yeah. Um, they're getting closer to retirement. Okay. And they're focusing on, you know, making sure that they have additional income in the next few years. So if you were in that position, do you think that you would make different choices with the houses that you select? Would you, would you focus only on the return or do you think that you would still use the same selection process? I would do, I would look at the, look at the return. And I would also ask, you know, Devin for her actual feedback. And I've done that too, because I don't know real estate as much as you do. And I've also asked, you know, Taylor for some of this advice as well, but you know, also now I'm going like, you know, Hey, you know, Devin, like, what do you think about this? And I love that you, because you have a bunch of properties, right. And you want to see us succeed. Like the thing is, especially if, if you're, um, you know, the person who asked that, that question, like if, if you're, you know, considering um, going into this, I think the thing that I've seen firsthand and I can attest to is that Devin and the, the WealthCap team is going to take really good care of you. And um, what I would, what I would think is I would probably go more towards, especially if you're not building a, a bigger portfolio. And mm-hmm. if you're, um, if it's not a longer time horizon, because that's the other reason I want to get like houses that look a little bit nicer too is, you know, obviously I'm younger, so I want to have a, a horizon where I'm like, all right, I want to, you know, have a collection of houses in diversified markets. Maybe some have less cash on cash now, but in the future, they'll be worth more. I would say, and, and I don't want to blanket say the Missouri market is the best for cash on cash, but you've kind of mentioned that before. I would say, ask, you know, Devin, what's a good Missouri, you know, or good cash on cash house. Um, and, and look at that because I was, you know, blown away by how quickly we were able to get it rented and mm-hmm. how it went above the, the rent rate. And, um, I know, I think Eli, is it, are they all in Missouri or maybe he just, he just might've gotten one, not there. But. His eight, well, his first Alabama one is about to close. Oh, um, he's doing an so, Alabama. So we're, we're, yeah, we're in he, Alabama. He came down South. 
um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited. You know, it, each market is different. Um, there's, there's pros and cons to each market, which is one of the reason that our portfolio is diversified in those three markets is to keep, is to keep us yeah. protected. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are kind of copying our strategy and other people are not. Um, and that's totally fine. You know, we want to help people do whatever it is they want to do to build their own portfolios, but you have kind of decided to diversify in all three. And also now that you're set up, you know, like your infrastructure is set up in all three, whatever comes available, no matter what market it's in, basically you've already built out what you need. I've got the property managers, I've got the LLCs and, um, and this wouldn't apply to the person asked the question as well, but other like people who are busy, you know, entrepreneurs that like have, are running a big company or whatever. Um, I have my executive assistant that does a lot of things, just handle the the property managers. And it's like another layer, the, the property managers themselves are in insulation between, and I'm not saying anything like, you know, obviously I want our tenants to be taken care of and taken care of well by, by the property managers. And then therefore, but it's another layer before it reaches me so that I can focus on you know, my business. And it's actually, it was great because there's, there's a little chat with, you know, Devin, yourself, myself, and then my executive assistant, Susan, all in, all in a chat. I remember one time you guys were like, you know, we'll, we'll handle this. Alric, you just go out and, and make just the Just go make money. money. Just, yeah, just go make money. Go make money and we'll take care of this for you. And um, I, love, yeah. I was on a, I was on a call just a couple of days ago with a couple other investors that are, they're similar to you. They have a really successful business that they're running, um, and they're already thinking about down the line, like some of this income that's coming in from these properties, I could actually pay somebody to help continue to build out this portfolio for me and manage the property managers and stay on top of all that. Because depending on what somebody's planning to do, you know, once you have 50 properties under your belt in the next five years, but that will be, that will be a job for somebody. Yeah. 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 And that's it's interesting. I haven't even brought that up with my, uh, you know, executive assistant, I guess, but that's another, you know, trajectory or whatever. But the thing, the cool thing is at the beginning, uh, and she's been doing a great job with it as, as well. So I don't know if she's, she's awesome. Uh, yeah. She's watching this or not, but she's she, or maybe later or whatever, but uh, she's incredible, Susan. So, but, um, you know, it, it's just been great having somebody help me with that. And the other thing too, is if you're a business owner before you, like that other person you were talking about before, like before you go and hire somebody on, on your own, you can have that intermediary, somebody who does other things for you, you could just train them. And that's also been really beneficial too with, um, you know, with the processes that you guys have set up here, helping Susan understand how things work and yeah. staying on top of it. Because I we think just- that that's the thing that with me, and this is going to mm-hmm. be different for everybody, right? Too, because if, if, if this is your main vehicle, then you're going to be spending that extra time. You're going to be making sure, but like for me, I, I want to focus on building my business so that I can buy the next two, three, four, five houses or whatever in, in, in any given period of time. And, um, and so having somebody on my team to help me just kind of look at things and I don't have to, you know, worry about, cause at one time there was the, like, it's little things, right? So it's like the ACH wasn't set up properly. So a check got mailed to me, snail mail, and we were trying to figure out where the payment was. And then they, and, but she figured that out. Otherwise, it would have been me trying to chase that down, and, and that wouldn't have been the best use of my time. Totally. Um, oh, Susan gave me some love in the comments. Oh, awesome. She, yeah, she's she said, best. you've been amazing. We just, I just yeah. start CCing her on everything. Yeah, I'm like, 
or, you know, giddy up, Susan, you're getting, um, you're getting thrown in the, the deep end of the real estate <laughs> pool <laughs> and she's, she's doing great. And I'm happy, you know, I'm happy to, to help in any way that I can. Um, I do, other than that question, I don't see any that we haven't, um, that we haven't talked about. So what, um, what things would you like to share with anybody that's, that's watching? Like, is there anything that you would have done differently starting over? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, well, that's a, that's a great question. And, and I think that, you know, there's not really a major thing that I, well, other than I guess get started sooner with this, but well, wasn't there, well, there wasn't even much sooner too. Cause I, I was kind of like in from the, the, the beginning road, but, but, but it's, um, it, or of you guys doing this, but, um, it's just, I think that the thing that I would do differently was stick with the original idea that I had of, of, and maybe this is, again, I may have like taken something else away from what the lesson was, but I know that what my investment strategy is because of my time horizon and my situation and everything is, and it's going to be different for everybody, is I want to diversify in a few different markets. I want to, um, you know, I want to have a balance of cash on cash, but also making sure that the house looks like, you know, it's good in my portfolio. A great example, people who've watched Shark Tank, uh, everybody knows that Kevin O'Leary doesn't care what the business is. The business could be any bit, like it doesn't have to be, you know, yeah. like you'll be in the business of anything if it makes some money. Um, and and, and that, that is one great philosophy. Um, but another philosophy too is what some of the other, you know, uh, sharks would do, you know, um, like uh, actually Robert Hershebeck is probably more a good example because some of the other guys somewhere in the middle, you know, he, he invests in things that he believes in. Actually, I might be somewhere in the middle too. So maybe I'm like Mark mm -hmm. Cuban and I'm looking for things, the, the intersection of I believe in this or believe in it enough and it looks good, but it's also, you know, cash producing, right? And so it's that intersection. Uh, I'm not going to just base it off of a picture. That's not what I'm saying. And I don't recommend that either. Um, but I'm also not just going to base it off of the numbers without looking at the picture. I want to take the combination of the two and, mm -hmm. and see, okay, is this really going to be uh, a great piece that of my portfolio that I want to own long-term? Um, yeah. Because that's how I'm investing for long-term, not just a flip. Yeah, totally, totally makes sense. Um, Awesome. Well, I don't see any other questions from the audience. So I want to say thank you so much, Alaric, for making the time to jump on with me today and share your experience with everybody. Um, I just adore you. You're one oh, of my, <laughs> I just, I love doing deals with you. You're, you're so fun and um, really appreciate your time and, and sharing with everybody. And um, we'll give an update in the Facebook group once we get your, uh, your Alabama house. Oh yeah. And then we can share your experience on that one. Cause I think you'll be the first to have gone in all three markets with us. There we go. <laughs> so yeah, you'll be the first. Um, thank you again so much, Alaric. And I Absolutely. hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank we'll you so much. Soon. And, and I really appreciate it. And I want to say thank you again for just making this process so easy and amazing. And um, you're just incredible to work with. And anybody here who, who's on the fence, like Devin's going to take really good care of you. So uh, that's the last thing that I'll leave it with. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alaric. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. 
Discover how you can start building wealth with real estate, even without experience, in our free book, Why Real Estate and How to Get Started, by visiting wealthcapholdings.com slash book. That's wealthcapholdings.com slash book.